When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Is the secret to living an abundant life all in our mind? Does how we think impact how much money we'll make? That's what we're going to talk about here today on Polly Campbell's Simply Said with Charles Chaz Scott. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Polly Campbell's Simply Said. I'm Polly, so that makes sense. And this is the podcast where we talk about how to live well, do good, and be happy so that we can do the work that matters and live the lives we want to live. And you know there are two big aspects of this for me, right? I talk about it a lot. I write about it a lot because I'm always looking for ways to learn more about resilience and more about mindset and cultivating the mindsets that help me get to where I want to go in the world. And that's not all about money or books or any of those other things. That's about living well in this moment, because life is going to be disruptive. It's going to throw things back and forth and we're going to have to cope and learn and experience a lot of things, both good and bad. But I'm curious about how we can do that better so that we can have more fun, so that we can be more energized so that we can make a difference in the world. And today I have just the guy who's going to teach me. Charles Chaz Scott is a keynote speaker, mindset and resilience expert and a writer. He is the founder of Supermentum LLC, a consulting agency that specializes in training leaders, entrepreneurs, professionals like you and me to achieve our potential. I'm down with that. Chaz is also the executive director and chief creative optimist of Positively Caviar, a nonprofit that focuses on using optimism as a vehicle to instill mental resilience and disrupt mental health stigmas in underserved communities. Welcome to the show, Chaz. Hey, how you doing, Polly? Thankful to be here. Thanks for having me. Well, thanks for coming. And, and I, when I was, uh, you know, looking at, at some of the the posts you do on your website and, and some of the work you do out in the world, I landed on this title, Chief Creative Optimist. I love that. What what does that look like? Why why go with those words to describe some of your work? Well, I I love the fact that you asked that question. Um, so my nonprofit that we've started a couple years back in 2016 is all centered upon optimism, positive thinking and, you know, resilience and cultivating a mindset for uh, all and all people, but especially youth so they can um, access their full potential. But nonetheless, that, you know, sort of um, uh, title that I've given myself highlights all of that and the importance to that because it's it's changed my life you know throughout my period of of kind of growing up and reading all sorts of books um namely uh, power of positive thinking by dr norman vincent peel um, gave me a framework on how to live my life in a better way and once i st- started to become aware of how i was thinking and how my thoughts were actually affecting my reality and my perspective on what I think I could achieve 
and how my beliefs were affecting what I could achieve, I started to completely change how I lived my life. So that is kind of where that the organization was cultivated, my mindset on you know resilience and optimism and the importance of all of that uh, to encourage youth, um, but also you know how it's kind of impacted me for the rest of my life and continuing to be as I coach entrepreneurs and professionals. You know, positive thinking uh, to some sounds a little rah-rah, a little over the top, but you said that you have, that, that learning some of those techniques, and for me, they are techniques, they're practices, things I learned and then could put to use in my own life, really helped you out and, and not only transform your life, but your, your work life as well. How did you land on this stuff? What made you pick up that first book? Oh, man. So I was actually in college down in Hampton University in Virginia. And, you know, I just kind of had a tough time in school. I'm just trying to navigate my way and navigate my way towards success. And I started to kind of lose my sense of self and sense of purpose and confidence. And actually, a friend had suggested this book. And I kind of pushed it aside and said, you know, I'm going to continue in my studies and just figure out how to make this work. Right. But ironically, when somebody suggests a book and then you hear it again, that is when you know that you need to read it. So I actually, another friend actually found this book in a lost and found, and I still have it on my bookcase today. And it was the power of positive thinking by Dr. Norman Vincent Peale. And I said, okay, this is the second time I've heard somebody say something about this book. I'm just going to read it. And I started reading it and I started implementing these practices. I started to become aware of what I was thinking and how that influenced my own behaviors as it relates to, you know, studying or feeling comfortable about going into the computer science field. So my undergrad degree was computer science and um, very technical. Sometimes I felt as though I was kind of out of place. But once I started to build up my sense of self, my sense of belief and how my thoughts were actually affecting, you know, how I was showing up in class and my studies, that's when things begin to change. And then I said to myself, oh, my goodness, this is insane. But because I'm a scientist and I don't really like to take things kind of just off face value, I dived into neuroscience, the subconscious mind, psychology, and then, you know, a term that I'm sure a lot of us are familiar with, neuroplasticity, the study of how your brain is, can change over time due to your thought patterns. Obviously, we know, you know, back a couple years, I would say probably about 10 years or so ago, um, scientists used to think that our brains couldn't change. I'm this way because my parents are this way. I'm this way and I'll always be this way. No, we have gotten to a pivotal point in our history where we've started to confirm through, um, you know, spec imagery, imagery scan, scanning, as well as um, fMRI scanning that shows that the structure and the foundation of our brain can change when you have new thoughts, when you have new behaviors, and it's reinforcing a behavior that is in alignment to what you did previously. So it's almost like your brain is helping you, but first you have to give it the right inputs. So I started studying all of this and figuring out how it affected my life. And I started teaching that to youth as well as entrepreneurs and professionals um, in my seminars. It can seem so intangible and it can seem a little woo-woo, like what? I can have a different thought and that thought is actually going to change my life. But when you look at 
the science, like you described, what we know is everything starts with that thought, with that electrical wiring in our brain that impacts our body, impacts our behavior and, and our emotions and all of those things. So it is that powerful. If you have the thought, you can actually see real world practical changes and transformations. Like you said, just feel a little more confident in computer class. Yeah, no, you've hit it on the money. And I think I mean, we can't get away with it you wake up every single day and our thoughts and, and we've heard this, you know, this process, it's our thoughts, our actions, our habits, our character, and our destiny. And when you really take time to sit with it, and I do a lot of meditation and that is one of the practices I really encourage a lot of my clients, as well as the youth that I work with, you really get to start to uncover and unpack how those unconscious thoughts begin to influence your behaviors. You know, how am I sitting today? Um, you know, what is that unconscious thought that's really leading me towards um, an action or non-action that I'm taking as it relates to me being on the job and really sitting down and listening to those thoughts is, it, it was foundational to me because it changed my life. But once you start to really hear yourself, you start to say, well, why am I telling my, myself this? Where is this belief coming from? And then you begin to kind of disrupt it and say to yourself, I don't really know, you know where this thought is maybe deriving from, but let me, let me unpack this. Let me uncover this. Let me find some truth or um, information that maybe supports or doesn't support this. Because a lot of the times, you know, scientists have said that, you know, a lot of humans, most of us have what we call negativity bias. A lot of the times we're almost sort of drawn to, you know, the stress as well as um, negative thinking and things because of uh, the stress that we have on a continuing basis. So we need to become very aware of how we're thinking throughout the day to ensure that our thoughts are leading towards where we want to go, not unconsciously leading us towards where we don't want to go. I get so excited about conversations like this, Jazz, because I think it's so powerful when we can do this, when we actually start using our mind as the tool it's intended, not just let it run on autopilot all the time. Like, I mean, we need that part too. It keeps our heart beating and all those things. But at the same time, we can use it to direct us into a, a place we want to go where we we feel like we're reaching our potential so how do you you mentioned meditation and i i also recommend that how do you what are some other ways in the middle of our day we can start to become aware of what we're thinking and experiencing in our minds yeah well meditation is the biggest one that i can offer um one of one of the other things that i do it's you can sit, you can, can consider it meditation, but, you know, more sort of kind of continual mindfulness practices throughout the day and mental, what I like to call mental check-ins is say to yourself, Hey, how am I feeling? Um, you know, that last meeting that I just had, how am I feeling after that? Or that last uh, conversation I had with maybe a friend or a, a family member or a coworker, how am I feeling? Um, and to ensure that, you know, if it's a negative emotion, if it's a positive emotion, you're recognizing how you're feeling after those certain moments throughout the day. Those are extremely powerful because what you begin to do is segment, you know, some maybe some of the negative emotions or altercations and things that you may have had in a previous conversation 
and 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 you don't begin to persist and take that with you um, back home to your spouse, right? <laughs> or back home to you know your children or um, you know other places in your life. So mental check-ins are extremely powerful. So you can begin to become aware of how your external experience, the people you associate yourself, uh, whether it be on social media, emails, all of that is influencing how you're feeling internally. So you can show up in your best self, no matter what hat you're wearing. I, I love that because we definitely wear a lot of hats during the day. And in what I, one thing that I do in my own practice is at every transition, I try to do a check-in. I try to do a physical check-in, meaning get up from my desk. I'm a writer, so I'm at the desk all the time. So every hour I try to get up from my desk and walk around or go get a cup of coffee. And during that time, that's when I do a check-in like, okay, what's, what's going on in my body? How am I feeling about this? Did I say what I wanted to say here? I'm feeling insecure about this, whatever. And just get a sense. Am I feeling good uh, about, you know, what, what am I grateful for? Get a sense of where I am because I find that I really had to be very deliberate um, in, in tuning into my awareness to get in the practice of it. Otherwise it would run away with me. And, and after a while of developing that habit, it just becomes like anything else. And it's like, Oh, that's interesting that I'm having that thought. And, uh, but it's okay to have to practice in the beginning, right? It is so okay to practice in the very beginning. And I think, um, Oh, I can't remember. I think it was Deepak Chopra. Um, when he was talking about, I think somebody asked him, you know, how do you know if you're meditating? And he replied back by saying, if you're doing it, then you're doing it. So basically, you know, as long as you're trying to become aware um, and you're, you know, you're doing the best that you can, um, more than likely, uh, you know, the practice of actually trying to do it, do it is doing it. So, you know, don't be concerned of trying to do it perfectly or, um, especially in meditation, a lot of people think meditation is about just completely stopping your thoughts. No, 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 no. The purpose of meditation is to become aware of your thoughts. So they're not actively controlling you. You're becoming aware of it and, and, and getting in a, a space where you can see your thoughts, but you don't have to attach yourself to them. Um, and, you know, the practice of meditation, the practice of mental check-ins, the practice of mindfulness, all of these practices really kind of, as you said, Polly, you, you start to gain a level, a sense of awareness to know, Hey, this is how I'm feeling. This is may not how I want to feel, but I'm not going to attach myself to it. I'm going to let the emotion ride out and I'm going to, you know, I'm going to go home with my, to my spouse and, you know, I'll wear the hat that I need to, and I won't let those emotions or those thoughts that happened previously affect how I'm going to show up today you know, presently. So yes, you take it one step at a time, but here's the thing though. These practices are, I think, extremely beneficial to your overall well-being. And if you don't do it, you're at a loss. And, you know, everything that we're talking about is extremely, extremely important. So you begin to um, actively say yes to your well-being say yes to your well-being, be deliberate in our thoughts. And to do that, we've got to become aware of them. But when we do become aware, we get to change them. We get to think different things. And that can 
help us do all kinds of things in our lives and have a whole lot of fun. We're going to take a break. When we come back with Chaz Scott, we're going to talk about some things we can do when we become aware of our thoughts by changing them to create more abundance and better feelings in our life. Right here on Polly Campbell Simply Said on the best business network of Electrocast. And we are back. Polly Campbell simply said, I'm Polly, and we're here today with resilience and mindset expert Chaz Scott. And we are talking about awareness, becoming aware of what you're thinking, and then how we can change what we're thinking or put a different hat on so we can direct our thoughts to really help us in the direction we want to go. And Chaz, one of the things you write about um, is that that can even influence how we perceive our abundance and well-being, not just financial, but that's part of it, but but how well we're living. You, you say that we have a scarcity mindset and an abundance mindset. What do you mean by that and how can we use that? Oh, this is a great question, Polly. So when we think about the totality of our lives and day to day, one of the things that we can sort of get locked into is what most of us call a scarcity mindset. The reason why that is, is because, I mean, there's so many distractions, there's a lot of demands, there's lots of stress. There are a lot of things that we're going through that tend to impact who we are and what we believe we can accomplish and achieve in our lives. And it almost kind of locks us up and makes us feel small. It makes us feel like, you know, opportunities aren't available to us. It makes us feel like, you know, I can't achieve that next goal or I can't, I can't you know, uh, apply to that next job, you know, a scarcity mindset, if you're not actively um, doing some of the mental check-ins we're talking about and, you know, doing mindfulness and meditation, you can get caught up in a scarcity mindset and just start to feel so small that, you know, opportunities aren't available to you. You think everybody is maybe against you. Um, and this isn't just in a sense of money. This is in a, in a sense of belief and power in knowing that, you know, you have control over your life. And when we go into more so the abundance mindset, we're saying to ourselves internally, you know, even though you may not have a whole lot of money, you're saying to yourself, I believe and I know that you know I can achieve anything I set my mind to. Um, I'm taking a look at my beliefs and tr- starting to you know really identify where those beliefs are coming from, whether it be neg- negative or positive. And you're starting to you're say to yourself, I may not be there yet, but I know there's a lot of growth. There's a lot of power. There is an abundance of opportunities available to me if I just take that first step. And part of all of that is becoming aware of how you're thinking and how you're feeling and starting to just take those baby steps, apply to that next job, start talking to people that you've never talked to before, um, doing things new throughout your day are extremely important to say to yourself, you know, I'm, I'm not caught up in the ruts of life. I'm aware of where I'm going, and I know that I have full control of maybe where I'm going. And that takes some time. That takes some steps. But becoming aware of how you're feeling throughout the day and encouraging yourself is extremely powerful. And I, 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 I lie to you not. You know, throughout the day, that is a practice that I have to do. Um, 
you know, when, when you're trying to achieve your potential and do the best that you can with whatever hat that you're wearing, sometimes people aren't going to be nice to you. Sometimes you may have a, a door slam on you. Sometimes you may hear a no, but actively saying to yourself, just take the next step, just take the next step. I know that opportunities and more opportunities will be available to me. While a no doesn't feel comfortable, I, you know, I'm a writer, I'm rejected constantly and I, I never like it. But now after all these years, uh, 20 years or, or more of this, I can look back and say those no's also created the next opportunity because they left space for the next guy to say yes or for the next publisher to take the book. And, and that's in fact what happened. So I have found that when I'm living in a place of scarcity, when I'm not practicing this and I have to work at it too, that I don't lift my head up to see those opportunities. I tend to stay stuck and thinking, oh, of course this isn't gonna work out or this isn't happening or somebody else is gonna get this deal. When I'm living in a place of abundance, I tend to look up and say, huh, that doesn't feel good, but I wonder what it's going to bring to me or what I can notice in this moment. And it truly has brought more opportunity into my life, financial, relationship, friendships, all kinds of stuff, this podcast. I wonder if you notice that too, when we are operating from a more abundant and open mindset, are we able to see things better attract so that we can attract it in and actually make it work? Oh, 100% Polly. Similar to your situation in my personal story, you know, I've been writing a book for over the past two years, my first one. And, you know, I submitted to about 55 or so different publishers and agents. Most of them said no, most of them didn't even probably maybe didn't even open my email or respond. But I, I just knew I needed one yes, right? So I kept submitting it. I kept writing. I kept updating my manuscript. And I knew internally that, you know, the work that I was doing and, you know, what I had created, I knew that, that there was a place for it here in this existence, you know, um, for it to be published. And that internal knowing, even though I've heard all those no's or no responses, led me to continue to persist despite maybe what I was feeling in my external reality. So, you know, you know, within the span of two years, um, uh, within the past three months, um, I was actually able to find one publisher that is interested in publishing my book. Now, out of all those 55 plus no's and no answers, um, I only needed one publisher and I found that one publisher. But if I didn't persist and actively believe and monitor my self-talk and do my meditations and be mindful of my mindset, you know, I could have stopped a long time ago, but it was because I was actively participating. And I said this before, you know, I was actively saying yes to my own success, my own well-being and who I was. I continue to persist. Now, a lot of this stuff happens to us all the time in life, but sometimes we say, okay, they've closed the door, but you never know what that other person that made that decision is going through. You know, they may have, in my case, you know, the agent or the publisher, they may not have their coffee in the morning and they saw my, the first mm -hmm. title and they said, oh, nope, I don't like it, you know, and they just weren't having a good day. So unbeknownst to you, you know, you think it's your, your writing and nine times out of 10, it could be the other person going through something. So I say a lot to say, it's just very important to actively participate and say yes to your unfoldment, say yes to your beliefs and say yes to your life. 
And when you begin to do that, it starts to like activate your potential and begin to lead you towards opportunities as opposed to blockages. So that's what I found in my own life as well as, and when I, you know, coach clients, and I'm sure you've um, seen this too in your own life, Polly. Yeah, that's a great note to leave it on. Say yes, engage with life, keep your head up and pay attention and begin to notice what is working. That's a way to notice the abundance that's already in your life. And I'm not talking just the money, right? We we hone in on having more financial abundance. Of course, I want that too. But I will tell you what, it's not all about that. Lift your head up, say yes, and notice the abundance that is already around you because having just the money and nothing else, that's not an abundant life. We're talking about living a life of well-being and joy and curiosity. And we can all do that. Chaz, this has been a, an amazing conversation. Where can we follow you, work with you, find out more about what you've got going on? Oh, absolutely. So my website is chazscott.com. So that's C-H-A-Z-Z-S-C-O-T-T.com. You can find a lot of my uh, webinars as well as the seminars that I give. And you can also find me on Instagram and Twitter at Mr. Underscore Caviar. So that's M-R underscore C-A-V-I-A-R. And I always post a lot of motivational content as well as science-backed strategies um, at the intersection between success and well-being. And I mentioned it before, but you can hopefully check out my book, which should be published May of next year, titled Success Starts Within, all rooted in the principle that outward success begins with inner wealth. I already know I'm going to read that. Maybe we'll have you back and you can visit with us about that book when it comes out. You can find me at polycampbell.substack.com where I write personal essays about how I put this stuff into play in my own life. And you can also find me at polycampbell.com. Start saying yes to your life to create that mindset that helps you not only identify the opportunities that are there for you, but also access them. I think we can do this. And I know that when we do, not only does life open up and become a whole lot more fun, but it helps us all live well, do good and be happy. Welcome to Ringside with Ray and Prince. My name is Ray Leonard Jr. Oh, is that the No, that's just my dad. My name is Prince Daniels Jr. Daniels again with a big hole. On this show, we come to humanize athletes, entertainers, business executives. We're going to see what makes them tick. Tuesdays, 10 a.m. Pacific time on Spotify, Apple, Amazon, and wherever you get your podcasts. We'll see you there. Peace and power. Electric acid. Ever thought about starting your own podcast? Do you have a business or a message you want to share with the world? Well, now it's easier than ever with Electricast. Hi, I'm Mark Netter. And I'm Peter Rafelson. We're the founders of Electricast Media. Whether you want to start a new podcast or already have one, join Electricast to grow your audience, monetize your content, and build your community. With our simple sign-up, you get free promotion, world-class analytics, premium ads, and personal support. Go to Electricast.com and join our community today. Electricast. Transform your influence. Electric acid.